Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 45. We are joined by a very, very special guest today, YouTuber, online coach, bodybuilding, or bodybuilder, excuse me, um, George Osborne. How are you? First of all, thank you for having me on, mate. I, uh, I always appreciate these sort of things, but yeah, we're, we're good over here. You know, we're, we're three weeks out at the moment, three and a half, three and a half, yeah, three, three weeks, three days, I like to call it. I break down the days now at this point, but yeah, everything's going really well here. I just uh, love the opportunities to be invited on podcasts and like we said, you know, have a good waffle and, and talk about bodybuilding and, and stuff that we enjoy. So no, mate, I really appreciate you, uh, you inviting me on. Yeah, brilliant stuff. So George is obviously on prep at the moment, like you said, three and a half weeks out. Today's conversation is going to be slightly different to the prep side of things. And actually, we're going to delve into a little bit deeper, but it's going to be more so on the committing to the phase, I think is what we're going to call it. And there's there's a couple of people who came to mind when I, when I thought about this, and I've definitely discussed this with a couple of clients recently, as I'm sure you have yourself. And it's a difficult concept to, to kind of grasp and to, to really commit to. But if you do commit to it, you'll always see the long-term gain. I think that's something that we're starting to see now. And if you guys aren't following George's uh, journey, excuse me, and watching his prep for Instagram and YouTube, definitely, definitely have a look. It's, uh, it's really, really cool to see. How, how are you feeling now with prep and, and everything coming up now? Yeah, so three and a half weeks out, like I mentioned, I think I've been dieting for 17 and a half weeks now. Um, pretty smooth sailing, you know, I think, I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, making sure that I didn't make the mistakes that I made last time with getting carried away with doing more and burying myself into a ground with cardio, doing extra steps in the gym. And, you know, when I've made the decision to move over to to Ultraflex Rotherham and be around, you know, some of the the highest level bodybuilders in, in both natural bodybuilding and at the pro status as well, you know, everything is just, it's just like that you know when you're around them sort of people you've got no choice but to train the way that I do no choice but to listen to the people that are around you so you know for me it's it's been it's been very eye-opening this year in the sense that you know I've, I've done everything that I can and sometimes I feel a little bit guilty about that in the sense that I feel like I should be doing more in some situations but I need to remember okay don't make the mistakes you made last time so yeah it's it's you know, one of the best decisions I've made doing this. And I'm so glad that, you know, I'm around AJ on a daily basis. I've got obviously Jack Forburn that is, I live with him. So yeah. it's bodybuilding, bodybuilding all the time, mate. It's, it's go, go, go nonstop. So yeah, I love it. And and if we actually like unpack that and break it down, simply put, you've just moved into a better environment that are con- uh, cohesive with your goals or congruent to your end goals. And that's, that's literally it. And I'm looking forward to now seeing you in a full off season you know in ultraflex with that environment like you're inevitably going to progress so much more and if anyone is looking to like step on stage or, or do something like this and make a big lifestyle change putting yourself in the correct environment is, is the key have you have you found that's been a, a massive driver for this prep so far yeah absolutely and I, I said i actually said this on one of my youtube videos so far like you can be in any gym or any environment and you can create your own environment and, and make progress but you know, I've been training actually for seven years now, and I've found from just being in different gyms, different atmospheres, different environments, this environment fits me for my goals. And it might not be for everyone, but try it and see how you go on. Try a week at Ultraflex Rotherham and see how you feel when you go back. Are you more motivated? Do you feel, fuck, I would love to go there again? You know, that might be the, the environment that you need. And, you know, like I make a living from this shit, you know, I make a living. So at the end of the day, like I need to be in the best. If I want to be up there and I want to do yeah. well in the sport I need to be in that environment and I've realized that and I, I took that opportunity when it came up 
a lot of things obviously went from my head about you know life being away from my family for as long as I am but you know I I experienced this uh, being a uni student you know I'm very used to being away from my family and being new environments so it doesn't really phase me at all when I've got obviously the focus of prep right now it you know I just do it I just live my life the way I want and it's helped with everything with the YouTube with the brand with with everything it's just gone up Mm. and that's exactly what I wanted to achieve so yeah, yeah best decision 100 percent yeah, it's brilliant here, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing now uh, progress over the, the period of time. In terms of the uh, an introduction into you, like just a little bit, I know you've touched on a few little bits, but like how did you first get into bodybuilding? How did you first meet AJ? Myself and George actually has the same coach. And AJ, I've literally just seen his email come through for my check-in, so hopefully all has gone well on that end. I'm sure yours is definitely, definitely looking a lot, looked a lot tighter than mine is. Um, but how did you first get into bodybuilding, all this kind of stuff? So I used to play, uh, I used to play football at academy level when I was between the ages of 14 up to 17. And one of our sort of weekly things that we had to do was basically gym stuff, strength and conditioning sort of training. And obviously we did that once or twice a week here and there. And whilst I was very focused on wanting to be a pro footballer, I got to a point where at 17, I got released. I wasn't good enough. Simple as that. Just wasn't good enough. And lost motivation to, to sort of don't go I, I played football at a decent level after that but I didn't really get anywhere with it and I realized when I was in the gym I was getting stronger um and there was always wiggle room for progression if you know what I mean regardless of how good I would be or whatever there's always room for improvement whether it's strength whether it's repetitions whatever it might be and that came very addicting for me so eventually it kind of started with football started to play less and less football started to go to gym more and then when I was 17 I thought right okay um, I got to, I did balance you know playing football on the weekend and going to the gym during the weekdays but as I took the gym more seriously I I, I started just going to the gym more and, and then sacked off the football and then just watch football instead rather than playing it now so I tried playing it when I went back to uni and I was like my joints are so fucked from this I can't do this <laughs> sure. so uh, I had to take a break from that um, but I'll be honest mate it all started from you know I used to be a massive WWE fan I used to be absolutely fascinated yeah. by Batista walking out Brock Lesnar with these traps even Bobby Lashley with these delts <laughs> these traps the chest and I was thinking who are these guys I used to have this posters on my wall Seems a bit weird. If you walk into a young lad's room, he's got like half naked boys on his wall. It's a bit like, what's going on here? But it used to fascinate me. So I've always been very fascinated by aesthetics and appearance and yeah. the way that I look. And then, yeah, that's kind of how I dived into to bodybuilding. And I, I started training. Uh, I started training at a pure gym. That's where I started for a year. And then I took the leap over to a, a bodybuilding gym. I had a friend that was a bouncer. He said, come to the gym with me. Went to this hardcore bodybuilding gym. And I was a little bit intimidated. I was thinking, this is not my place. But I then realized that those sort of bodybuilding gyms are way more friendly and more accepting than the commercial gyms. And that's where I kind of went to more of the bodybuilding style gyms in my second year of training. And then I started uh, obviously training whilst I was at uni, started building a bit of a platform on Instagram. And then I kind of knew who AJ was just through competing and somehow fell in that route. And then all of a sudden, one day, he just followed me back. I was like, this was back in like 2016, a long time ago. And we just started communicating there. We just started talking and stuff. And then we got a session in. Then all of a sudden he's coaching me. So for AJ, from a business perspective, I think he did pretty well there because he somehow uh, won me over with the coaching. As soon as I trained him, I was coaching the next following day. And then that's when it all started pretty much. 
Uh, and yeah, we did our first prep in 2019. Uh, that was good. And then ever since then, I've, I've not really looked back. I've not really thought about, don't get me wrong, I, I do my off-season, I know I'm waffling here, but I know I do my off-seasons myself and I just go to AJ for sort of general feedback or anything that he wants to, you know, say, look, you need to do this and that. But for me, he's, 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 he's one of my best friends, you know, one of my best friends that I know on a good level, which is, which is nice. Hmm. So that's kind of how it started, really. Football, WWE, and then uh, getting into the gym and getting more dedicated to it. Yeah, lovely. And uh, first and foremost, guys, I have to say, I have my, our new pup on my lap here and he's snoring away. So if, if you guys hear anyone snoring, it's definitely not me. If you are, if you are listening, <laughs> so ap- apologies if, uh, apologies if you hear me, that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and let, let's bring it back to that first prep. So um, what do you feel that went really well in that prep? And what do you feel maybe the lessons that you learned a little bit from that as well in the 2019 or, what went really well was I was the leanest I've ever been. And yep. I think one thing that I see with first time competitors is they're never lean enough. I see it quite often. I saw it at the show this, this season. I, I look at novice classes and whilst you always get that random guy that comes in very lean, you get the people that should, in my opinion, be on stage because I, I'm, not that it's a disrespect to bodybuilding, but I think, you know, like it puts, especially natural body, because they see that and go, well, he's in shit shape kind of puts people off of it yeah. so I think for me one thing that I massively achieved was <clears throat> I was every single show that I did I was the leanest guy at the at the show hands down no doubt about it um which obviously isn't always going to be a great thing but one thing I did say to AJ is I want to be the leanest I've ever been so we did achieve that in that mm-hmm. sense um from a you know from a uh, where I placed you know I, I was happy you know I came second in three shows I think yeah, second, second, four shows. So I came second in all of my shows, which, you know, I was disappointed at the same time, but you know, that's an accomplishment being yeah. a junior and a lightweight bodybuilder as well. You know, I achieved more than what I thought I did with invites to the finals, every show that I did. So that was great. Um, and like I said, you know, I learned a lot about myself outside of that. So new disciplines, I fell in love with this sport even more. It just reminded me as to why I do what I do on a day-to-day basis. It's just simply because I absolutely love it. Uh, whether it's competing, whether it's training, I just love doing what I do. And that's the main thing that I, I want to preach to people is that don't, you know, just step on stage because you, everyone else is doing it, which seems to be a common thing now. Yeah. Do it because you love your training. Do it because your life is in a good spot. You want to test yourself in a different way. So that certainly, that certainly went, went well for me, 100%. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that, those are the main three points that I would say there that went well, realistically, at 2019 prep. Yeah. And from a physique standpoint as well, I know, know we've touched on this, this is, going, this is going to be the basis of the call. So when you stepped off stage and when you finished up that prep that year, was there something that you felt like I need a, I need a long-term off season now? Or did you think that I could, I could turn back in a year and come back and compete again? Or what was the mindset there? My mindset was, I, I love winning, don't get me wrong. Uh, I know I said winning isn't everything, but I'm, I'm, I love, I love being a winner. Um, and just, even like looking at my, the reason why I took a long time off is, you know, going come from a junior. So I actually competed in juniors and lightweights at the same time. And, and I did better in the lightweights than what I did in the juniors, because when you're a junior, you come up against people who are six foot one when I'm five foot six, it's just 20 pounds heavy. me makes a difference. So yeah. now that I finished, I was 22, 23 at the time, I was going to be into more of the open classes with bigger, mature people that have been training longer, potentially have more muscle. So you know, naturally I knew already that muscle takes a long time to build. You know, I've been training for seven years and I look the way that I do after seven years. It's a lot of, a lot of work that you need to put in. So mm-hmm. I knew immediately that 
the time off was needed in order for me to come back and make a difference in terms of my presentation. And as well as that, like just looking back on the actual prep itself and how much muscle I did lose in that prep, which was, you know, if I show you some of my photos from me at eight weeks out from my first show compared to the, the last show, I look a completely different person. Mm. Um, so in that first part of my off season, first six months, I was posting transformation pictures. This is the transformation I made from day one of the off season to six months later. And people are like, oh my God, that's amazing. But what I wasn't telling people is that's basically the muscle that I've just regained from the prep itself, you know, because I yeah. buried myself too much. So it's not new muscle. It's not no progress. It's just me regaining the muscle I lost. So yeah, yeah it kind of opened my eyes up to say, okay, I need to spend time away from this. And as well as that, from a health perspective as well, I did suffer, um, not suffer, but hormonally, it took me a long time to probably nearly up to a year to feel n- normal again, if that makes sense. And I still don't, I still haven't felt, no, don't know I feel normal now, but I've never felt what I did before when I was like 21, 20, which of course, as you get older, your testosterone reduces, but me being 25 right now, I ne- I've never felt the same as what I did after that prep which is not didn't scare me, but it's kind of when you think back, you think fucking hell, like a diet and being aggressive, your diet and spending too long being lean isn't, isn't, isn't healthy at all. So there's a health aspect to it as well. I must admit. What do you feel that you you've lost? What did you feel back then that you had like better desire to train, better training intensity, or what what do you feel you've lost from that? I I, I lost, I've just lost like, uh, in, in terms of like health wise uh, so you, uh, you said I haven't felt the same as when I was back in 2019 okay, yeah. what's the what do you feel is the difference so I was I was I was mentioning about like the health like in terms of like just how I feel with myself like the like hormonally like I did a um I did a, a, a testosterone test like the other mm. uh, the other last year actually and it came back like 12 nanomoles a litre which is normal but the way I see it is obviously nine is the lowest 31 is the highest it's closer to lower than it is higher mm. so hormonally I don't feel the same as what I did before after okay. that prep um even though i you know everything's fine in that you know life is great in that sense but i'm not that 20 20 year old george anymore that i was before Mm. and i think me you know dieting and prepping the way that i did Mm. really affected that side of things hence why i've taken that time off to get everything back in shape it took nearly a year to get back to that Mm. so uh yeah i think for for me it's just taking my time spending like i mentioned i haven't i didn't diet i only did one mini cut one diet in that two and a half years that I had off, you know, spent all yeah. my time back in the surplus, spending time at 40 pounds above my stage weight, you know, trying to just make sure that I'm healthy. And I feel good now, don't get me wrong. And three and three weeks out, I feel great now for where I am. Uh, just just never the same. So yeah, definitely just keeping an eye out on that side of things for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And something we discussed on the call was that, or just before we jumped on the podcast, <clears throat> was that the, the goal of of you having this time off, which you're going to touch on was to actually have an improved physique. Like we touched on the fact that like you said, you said yourself that you see competitors jump on year after year after year, and they look exactly the same because they haven't taken specific time. And like you said, like if you actually think about if we, if we break down a year, and this is what I'll always tell clients as well. If you died for 16 weeks, let's say, that leaves you eight months. If you diet aggressively for that 16 weeks, you're only going to recover. It's going to take you four, six, eight weeks to fully recover after that before you're into a productive off season. 
that's two months out of your, and then you have six months improvement before you died again. And then that's how you stay, stay the same. You, even that is a pretty decent time to what some people will do, whether well, they'll run a, a four week improvement phase or excuse me, four month improvement phase, go back into a dieting phase. Is that something that you've seen before uh, with competitors and with your own clients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I try and at least give like a six to 12 month off season for most people uh, before they even consider dieting and just spend time in a, in a leaner surplus because everyone wants to rush and get the body weight up or whatever it may be. But I like to say the minimum for, for most natural athletes to stay in a surplus is at least six, depending on obviously their starting point, six, eight months, even up to 12 months if they can. Um, and commit to that sort of one long phase without having to, to die or pull back. And, yeah. you know, in, in six months, you can just commit to six, eight months, to even 12 months, you'll notice a difference. You may not feel that difference whilst you're doing it, but you'll look back, you think that was me a year ago, this is me now. Mm-hmm. And there will be a difference for sure, 100%. So yeah, I always, I always do that with clients and I always want to try and see people compete every, at least every other year rather than compete year upon year. Cause the competitive season is, you know, it can be a long one, especially for like the finals after qualifiers, you know, like the, the qualifiers that I'm doing now are obviously in three weeks time in August, the finals are not to October. So mm. you need to take into consideration there's a gap between, there's a six week gap near enough, even probably more than that to, um, to the finals. So, you know, it's a long time dieting and you've got to spend time recovering from that. And especially like we said about building new muscle naturally, it takes, obviously everyone's very different, but it does take a long time to get what you want and to solidify that as well. So, you know, you have to solidify muscle and spend time actually earning that muscle as you do add it on rather than going straight into a deficit after building that muscle, you're just going to piss it away. If you know what I mean? So solidifying is important as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And what do you feel that is the like the biggest benefit? Sorry, geez, come back in. What do you feel is that the biggest benefit to the off season that you've had, or the extended off season has been? I know we touched on the 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 kind of muscle, all time peak strength, all kind of, so all that kind of stuff from the health standpoint. What do you feel has been the biggest benefits of you spending significant time away in that improvement phase in the surplus? For, for me, it's, it's, I knew immediately when I when we finished prep with AJ, I knew immediately in, in 2022 I was going to compete again after 2019. So I always had that long, long-term long goal in place, you know, with, with competing anyway. Um, so having that long-term goal allowed me to commit to what I wanted to do. I broke it down into six months, 12 months sort of phases in terms of what we want to achieve by then. Um, and it's, it's that goal, like if that, that goal is big enough, you'll kind of find a way to, to make it work. Um, as well as obviously like, you know, the strength, the progression that comes in the gym, that side of things. It's nice to, uh, you know, I'll be, I'm, a, I'm a very hardcore bodybuilder in the sense I'm all or nothing, but it's quite nice to actually live some sort of normality and have the opportunity to do stuff, even though I didn't really do it. And I look back, I think I could have done that now. And I did a lot of it towards when I, <laughs> annoyingly, when I was about to go into prep, I started going out for like sushi dates and things like that. You know, it gave me the wiggle room to actually just enjoy being somewhat of a human, not have to worry about having to die or look a certain way throughout the summer because everyone else wants to be lean, you know? So as well as that, you know, I must admit, I am human. I do enjoy normal stuff as well as, you know, being a hardcore bodybuilder yep. and I think taking that time off allowed me to sort of do little things like that. If you get what I mean as well. 
Hundred percent. That's a really good point. I didn't think you're actually going to say say something like that. Um, and people might might stigmatize, you know, bodybuilders that like when you it's just about training, it's just about nutrition the whole time. But actually, the from a lifestyle standpoint, I coach a lot of lifestyle clients as well. And um, that is a really important part. You know, over dieting periods, we have to be that little bit more accurate there, and that kind of accuracy brings more freedom. And we we like freedom, Jim. We like the lifestyle part of, part of things and going out for a little bit of food. So. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you, you've brought that up and having a little bit more flexibility and freedom has been one of the biggest benefits alongside, of course, the training forms and the, the muscularity that you've grown as well in this phase. Um, the one thing, uh, sorry, fire, fire sorry, I'll just say it's, it's, it's hard. For, I must admit, it's very hard for me to do that. Like, but I, I do try and I am trying, especially after this prep, to make a bit more of an effort to, to do that side of things a little bit more. So something that I still obviously need to just work upon because it's very hard from going from a prep where it's every day, same old sort of stuff to then having that goal taken away from you mm. and then having to go into something which allows you to have a little bit more freedom. It's quite hard to do, but I, I do definitely work upon it when I can, for sure. Mm. Out of curiosity, how do you, how do you find you, you transition into that, that phase or how do you, how do you allow yourself if you find it quite difficult? Cause I've, I've had this conversation with a couple of guys and girls, for instance, who've just finished up some photo shoots and then they're finding it hard to have an off plan meal, do you know, Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm scared to having that food or something like that how do you find that that transitioning out and actually allowing yourself to enjoy enjoy yourself and um, it sounds funny to say out loud but how do you find how do you find that you um you deal with that uh yeah i, I must admit I, I in 2019 i struggled i was doing like eating off plan and then doing my cardio the next day kind of like yeah. compensating for what i ate um but eventually you kind of get bored of doing that eventually when things start coming back to normal. So everyone's very different in the time length that that is, you know, if you're more aggressive with your diet, you're probably going to last longer doing that sort of stuff off plan or whatever. But I got to a point where I think I was about six weeks post sort of prep. And I was like, why the f- Why am I doing this? Like something just flicked in my head. And I was thinking, why am I still doing cardio to compensate for, you know, the food that I was eating? I just got bored. And I think for me, I just then decided, right, okay, let's stop now. And my body was giving up on me anyway, like, I was about five pounds above my, I managed the post-diet phase really well. I wasn't someone who gained 25 pounds post-diet or whatever. I was about five pounds up in the five, six weeks, but the look was drastically different. My body kind of like gave up on me, if that makes sense. Like it looked like the five pounds that I gained looked about 25 pounds that I gained. It massively looked different. And it's just where my body gave up on me. And that kind of, for me, looking at my photos and I, I remember speaking to AJ about, I was like, mate, I'm absolutely gutted with the way that I look right now. And he just, you know, reassured me that, you know, when you do finish your prep, you do go through a phase of looking like sort of bad or worse than what you thought you would. And then that sort of flicked my switch. So the accountability there was important. Definitely accountability after your diet, especially if you've never been through something like that before, even with photo shoot prep, you know, having that accountability, you know, I'm sure even with yourself and you remind your clients that, you know, this is the and even setting some goals, you know, having that goal in place afterwards is important. I'm sure you do that as well with your clients is setting them goals like this, what we're going to do by this time frame, this and that. So yeah, it's hard. I, I did struggle. I'm not going to admit that it was easy. Um, it was easy to sort of retain my body weight, but like how my body looked, it was, yeah, mentally it was quite hard to look at myself after my show, even though it's five pounds up, I look like an absolute mess. So I look back at the photos now, I think, fuck, you know, George. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't as bad. Maybe when you're in that mindset and you're looking at it, it's like, oh, it doesn't yeah. look as, as good as when I did on uh, like peaking for my peaking for the show, etc. I think the, the it's most just, it's just change. It's changed. Like nobody 
humans don't like change and when you commit to something for so long having that change is very hard to accept I struggle massively with change even after this prep I'll still struggle with the routine that I've got um you know I'll be probably more you know have a little bit more freedom but I'll I'll still probably stick to knowing me the same sort of roots as what I usually would do I can't get away from it (laughs) yeah one of the main things that you touched on there was the goal goal setting so like let's say for instance that you um, you were able to say, listen, I'm not doing this anymore, et cetera. But probably in the back of your mind as well, you probably, this is what I'll, I'll tell everyone. I've, I've talked about this many times on podcasts is that you had a long-term goal and you had a long-term vision to say, I'm going to step back on stage in close to two, maybe three years time, which we'll, we'll touch on in a second. I think that's probably what maybe deep down, but behind you said, this isn't in line with that goal. Like me doing this and slaving my way in cardio and feeling flat in the gym and shit training performance and overeating and all that kind of stuff do you feel that maybe that long-term vision and goal for you was able to pull you back into the straight and narrow and get some good progression behind you yeah i mean like i've never like when it comes to even like motivation or or anything like that like when people sit there and talk about motivation to me i i never i I struggle to understand i still struggle to understand with clients sometimes i must admit because i'm just someone that just does it you know so even if i didn't have a goal i'd still go to the gym i still do what i do i don't yeah. necessarily need to have my goals broken down in four week eight week blocks if you get what i mean some people do and i appreciate that um but yeah it it doesn't you know it, it didn't affect me at all the goal anything like that i just knew that i would do that and i would even if aj wasn't there to still do it you know yeah it's it's hard it's, it's like i'd love to give like a full explanation on it and answer but i generally can't because there's something in my mind with this sort of stuff. I just do it without even thinking about it. Just get up and do it. Mm. Um, whatever, like even in this prep, I just do it. Don't think about anything else. So yeah, yeah it's, it's difficult for me to actually talk about that, really. Um, yeah, so, ter- terrible answer. I know, I do apologise. No, it's all good. Some, some things you just can't put your finger on. Do you know, it's just, yeah, that's yeah. built into you. That's your, you know, that that's who you are. Do you know, you're, you said at the beginning, before we even jumped onto the call in prep, you, like someone says jump off the bridge right now you say how high you, know, you actually yeah. did, literally said that 20 minutes ago before we jumped on the call so yeah um, it's just built into you and your character i guess yeah, yeah i think i think i think i've come to realize that it just is um I don't, it's good yeah, though just, it's, it's great in, in most respects that's a great thing to have you don't you'd rather yeah. have that than, than like you said the people that that you know procrastinate and don't get shit done do you know that mm. i'd be a lot more on your your kind of character in terms of getting stuff done and just not really asking any questions rather than the other way around yeah. for sure i get i i get that but at the same time it has bitten me on the ass like especially even like with work um and i get carried away with doing like more and more and i just do it i just do it that you know i haven't had a holiday in four years I haven't been on holiday I haven't had any time off from my work every single day for the past four years without any break not and whilst that's great and I love what I do and, you know, my job or my lifestyle that I lead at a class is like a, a job. I, I mean, it's a privilege to get paid from it. At the same time, like I haven't had, actually had that time to step backwards and actually think, you know, could I actually be better than what I am if I actually took that week off and go on holiday and go somewhere and not do work or not have to think about this. Mm. So whilst it's a great thing, me just going and doing it every single day, at the same time, like, I made a promise to myself after this prep that I will be going on holiday and I will be taking a week off and I won't be doing anything that involves obviously yeah I'll train I'll know me like training is just something I enjoy so I'll still train on holiday and stuff like that but when it comes to laptop and stuff like that you know I'm I'm thinking I might just even leave that at home so I've got no excuse to do that and yeah it's it's something that 
I do struggle with massively and I even speak to people in the missus about it. It's like, you should have some time off and break. I'm like, no, I need to do more, I need to do more, I need more. So yeah, it does bite you on the arse, I must admit, sometimes. Yeah. The fatigue is higher than what it normally would be mm. throughout the year. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, 100%. And in terms of one of the questions I really wanted to get your, your thoughts on. So I know a lot of people listen to this and we, we've talked about kind of committing to the phase. So the off season that you've run so far is about, it has, or that you did run was about two and a half years or all in all. So with a little four week mini cut to be saying in the middle. I think it was about, I think I, did, I dieted for seven weeks or eight weeks back in 2020 during the lockdowns that happened. That was it. So yeah. like a long time anyway, over the last last two and yeah, a half years has been in a surplus. Yeah. So what yeah. comes with a surplus if we think about it? It comes with a little bit more body fat. It comes with a little bit less detail in the abs. It comes with a little bit less maybe quote unquote aesthetic physique that maybe we're used to when we're prepping, et cetera. Most people listening to this, that will be the number one difficulty that they have in terms of committing to a phase. It doesn't have to be two, two and a half years, guys, as well. It might be you know, a six month improvement phase that might be the longest one you've ever run. How did you, how have you dealt with and how, how did you, how do you deal with, with not having detailed abs, you know, not having, you know, vascularity, which we know from physique shots, which by the way, if you haven't seen George's physique shots, the moment he's looking crispy as hell, well, you know, you can have that. How do you, de- how do you kind of deal with, with not having that in the improvement phase? I think me, experiencing content shredded being lean i know how to get there you know so it makes it easier i think one thing that i've I've struggled with in the past is pushing up my body weight for sure and being uncomfortable but now that i know how to get into that condition that i can get into it makes my off seasons easier because i know i can achieve that even now like i know how to get lean with no cardio eating a decent i know how to do that right so it that that side of things allows me to to kind of push a little bit more um stay a little bit uncomfortable because i've been there done that um, and one thing that i always try and do and, and i try and remember is that you know me being a short i'm, I'm five foot six so i'm a shorter individual when i gain body fat unfortunately i've always being someone that looks softer you know i, I generally Same. do like i lose a lot of my shape when i'm a, a, sh- a short individual so anyone watching this who's a shorter individual unfortunately when it comes to body fat distribution there's less to distribute so realistically it's going to look more or you're going to put on more in certain areas which is obviously going to make you look a little bit smaller so that's something that i've reminded myself of mm-hmm. and as well as that like I've, I, I don't really compare myself. I used to massively compare myself to a lot of people online when I was younger. I think there's a lot of growing up that I've done over the past sort of couple of years. As I've gone up to the age of 25 now, I care less about what other people look like. And for me, I used to be obsessed, especially at uni, I used to be obsessed about people looking the way that I do. And either half the people that I used to follow were not natural. So they're always in their off season is going to look a lot fuller, a lot rounder cappier and i'll be honest like even being up being in ultraflex rotherham for the past six months now i know when someone's on cycle versus when someone else is not on cycle you know i just know by looking at them the way they walk around the way they present themselves i know just by seeing that in my because i think when i've been around people but when you kind of are around that sort of environment where you know most not most people i don't want to say that in ultraflex but a lot of people are on the, you kind of get used to, you know, who's doing what and who's when and who's not doing what. So for me, as I learned more about this and understood that, like I've realized that, you know, in a natural off season, unfortunately, you're not going to have what you see on Instagram with some of these higher level muscularity individuals. And on that note, in terms of muscularity, if you've got more muscularity, 
you're going to look probably better in your off season compared to someone who has less muscularity. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard. I still always will have an issue slightly. Um, still will never be satisfied with a look, but that even makes me push harder, you know, from wanting more. Um, so those are the main things that I would say is, is oh, the first thing is just being experiencing it previously. I know that I can do it again and it's quite easy for me to do it. So it pushes me more to go get heavier, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I don't mind being 45 pounds plus above my stage weight, which I was, you know, I don't mind that. It don't bother me. It's a lot of fucking weight, you know, it didn't bother me at all. Whereas, you know, for, um, before I was on prep, it, I was worried about the way that I looked and being heavier, you know? So, Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's difficult to do. It's not, it's not easy. It's no easy task. And I think that the more times you do it, like uh, this is something I've really struggled with in the past. Like I would run a 12 week surplus diet phase, 12 week surplus diet phase for eight weeks. Like just the tiniest bit of body fat to come on my abs diet phase. So I've been there and done that. And I've said this a million one times in the podcast as well. But the more that you do, would you agree? The more times you run that off season, you, you understand like right now I'm, I'm pretty soft. I'm pretty pudgy, but I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying the stuff that, like you said, going out for sushi and stuff like that. Enjoying all those aspects with a little bit more freedom and flexibility. If we're dieting, like, like right now for you right now, I'm sure that those kind of things aren't really there for us. So you also have to think of maybe the body composition might not be as quote unquote aesthetic and Instagrammable, but there's so much more, that, that that's on the positive side of things the energy the mood hormonal function sleep stress recovery train performance all that kind of stuff as well is, is much much better do you find that each time that you do your off season uh, or each time that you run an off season you're getting better and better and a little bit more comfortable it's, it's never going to be the case where you're walking down the street you know with the top off yeah. wave, waving the waving the t-shirt around but do you find yourself get a little bit more comfortable each time yeah, I think I just accept it. I think I just understand that it's a part of the process. And like I said to you before, as I've got older, I've cared less about that. Like I used to, when I was between like 18 and 21, I used to be really bothered about yeah, the way so. that I look. And I think being a younger sort of person, you know, that sort of age where you're trying to impress girls, this and that, I think you generally just are as a, as, as yeah. a, as a male. I'm sure you'd agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, but as you start to get older, you don't necessarily care about how you look. You know, I, I remember... When I was 18, like between 18 and 21, like every single week I'd shave my legs, shave, just shave my whole body because I didn't like body hair. Whereas right now, I'm not sure you can see, but no, probably not. But I've got okay, yeah. a hairy chest, basically. A, a hairier chest than what I usually would do because I'm not yeah. necessarily too bothered about it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely as I've got older, I've matured in that side of things and cared less about the way that I look if you know what I mean. Yeah. And accountability wise as well from AJ or from, you know, Jack who you're living with and stuff like that. Do you feel that that's a very, it's very helpful to have that behind you? Because like why I did those 12 weeks on eight weeks, 12 weeks on eight weeks diet, 12 week push, eight week diet. It's because I had no one else telling me that that was the wrong thing to do. Do you feel that with the education that you've learned and with AJ in your corner and with the people around you right now, do you feel that having that side of accountability and same thing for your clients, like them having you to be able to say, nope, this is actually you're in a really, really good spot. Turning around now is definitely not the right idea. Do you think that that helps? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've even noticed since I've moved up or moved in with Forburn, I've become, we've got a bit of competition. So if he, like I, when I know he's, because Forburn, if you don't know Forburn, he's absolutely nails it every single day, day in, day out. For me, like I, I get to a point where if he's doing that, I can't slack off. There's a competitive side of me where I think I can't slack if he's if he's not slacking that. I, I, I would never slack, but he keeps me unnoticed. Like 
I'm I, I have to be on the, I'm at the same level as him in terms of like yeah. dedication because if I slack I'm like if he slacks I'm like fucking hell like so it's just there's that competitive side of it as well that if Jack doesn't slack then I don't slack and it just yeah. kind of it's quite contagious if you get what I mean when I'm in that yeah. environment so it definitely does that accountability definitely does 100% out because I know if I missed a meal Jack like you haven't ate that meal that time which obviously I would never miss a meal but he would he would know yeah because we're very similar in terms of routine so it's like a little bit of competition which I I, I quite enjoy you know it's kind of healthy competition to say right we need to you know who's the first one to break it and i know jack won't break and i know i won't break so it's a bit like that at the moment you know <laughs> <laughs> love that so if anyone is listening to this and running and thinking of running improving phase do do with one of your mates you know do with someone run at the same kind of time periods try to beat each other in terms of the logbook try beating each other in terms of accuracy or if you're trying to push body weight to a certain number i think that competitive edge is is really 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 beneficial isn't it yeah, I'm 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 sometimes too competitive. Where <laughs> even if I like, for example, if I go to bowling with the missus, for example, I wouldn't let her sort of win. I'd absolutely obliterate her and make sure that I win. You know, so I'm 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 just a competitive person in that nature. I always have been. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. And sorry for the noise in the background. I don't know what's going on there. Going on out there. Good. Um, any advice for anyone? So again, a lot of kind of younger lifter listeners will be listening to this, um, and someone who's maybe not not partaken in that long term improvement phase himself it doesn't have to be two and a half years, guys. But for like, let's say, like you talked about, six to twelve months is a really good time frame. What would be your main advice for someone a little bit scared in, in taking that plunge? Definitely with what you said about the accountability, like having a second eye. If you can't, let's say, afford a coach, having a, a second opinion um, with someone that you're close or someone that's experienced with, with training, get a second opinion. You know, have accountability in some sort of shape or form because there will be someone out there that will help you. Uh, your goals, you know, set those short-term, long-term goals. You know, what do you want to achieve by a certain period of time? I think definitely does help. Um and, and just think of the bigger picture. Like this is a, t- I always say this is a temporary phase for your long-term goals. I yep. mean, if you can, you know, accept that yes. and you can understand yes. that, then absolutely, you know, it, it's just second nature. You just do it, right? So, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is experience. I always say this with people. It's, it's just more time. The more you do this, the better you get it. And you look back at some of the shit. I'm sure you do this as well. You look back at some of the stuff you do a couple of years, you think, why the fuck was I doing that? You know, <laughs> we all do that. So just with experience as well, which is, it's so hard when you're in that moment especially when you don't have the experience but i promise you if you keep doing this and one thing i've learned you know i've been doing this coaching stuff i've been doing this for seven years now i think the thing that i've summarized is that 50 percent of anyone's gains or anyone's progress is just you turning up and just being consistent I, i swear by that just turning up yeah it might not be a great day might not be a great session you might not like the way you feel this and that but if you can just turn up day in day out you're going to pound to make progression there's no i have no doubts about that so yeah turning up just turn up on the good days the bad days whatever just turn up and get the job done yeah 100 percent. and in terms of that really really good points in that i here here embarking inside now um in terms of the the difference so this this whole conversation has been about committing to that phase now that you're in this position right now when you reflect back at two and a half years ago and the the george that was then to the george that's now do you feel that you've made that progress and has that long-term off-season been worth it now for you yeah absolutely i i look back and i i look at it's, it's so hard to say without actually i do look at myself and i think yeah that's that improved does this stay the same 
But, it has. You know, yeah, it has. You know, when I look at photos, I'll, I'll, I'll admit and say, you know, the difference between 2019 and this year, there is some significant differences. And, um, yeah, it's just it's so hard in the moment because, like, especially in your off-season, you do question, am I actually making progress? You, you never know until you start dieting down. And like I said, as I committed for a very long time in an off-season, you do get a lot of doubts to think whether you have or not. But as I've came down more and more, I'm starting to notice more and more sort of, oh, I never noticed that before and I haven't noticed this. I think definitely the probably one of the biggest improvements is, is my abs. Like I noticed, like even in my off-season when I used to flex my abs, even I had a load of body fat behind them, I felt like a layer of like, mm. you know, it was hard. It wasn't squidgy. It wasn't like it was before. And ever since I've been able to pull that off, you know, I think I, I, think I actually surprised myself with how, I don't want to sound big edited, but I actually surprised myself with how developed my abs were compared to they were compared to what they were last time. And that's just all I did was just train them every single day. I just turned up every single day and just did them. One lazy them, I just did it. And all of a sudden I've got a pair of abs now, whereas before I didn't have fucking anything, you know? So yeah, yeah it's yeah. As I get lean, I start to notice more and more improvements for sure. Yeah. And that's where it's going to be. Like the, the hard work is done. I think a, a massive misconception to people trying to improve their physique. They don't give it, they don't care about what the off season has. It doesn't care about the improvement phase. Like they just eat and they miss training sessions and they eat this or the other, they go out and they don't progress their lifts, but they're all in for the dieting phase. And then it's that 16 weeks where they're looking to try and build maximum muscle tissue in the deficit but actually the improvement that, ha- that it's almost like the, well, the improvement phase improves your physique. The dieting phase reveals it. And I think that that's a huge misconception that people would just dial in for those 16 weeks. What about the other, however many weeks is left in the year? I'm trying to do the math in my head really quickly here, but it didn't work for me. Maybe 40, 40, 46 weeks or something like that, 36 weeks even. All those other weeks are the most important part about improving the physique. If you just dial in for the 16, would you agree that you're, you're going to, like we said, remain exactly the same physique year after year? Yeah, I think the thing that people do, everyone's in the now. Like People look at me now and go, oh, you look amazing. But if anyone's watching this or listening to this right now, go scroll back to my Instagram on like six, eight months, even longer than that ago. And I, all I did was just post my training footage, just post what yep. I was doing, breaking down the sessions, showing you how I train the intensity, whatever, go watch the full sets all posted on there. It's all I post. Cause I had no other visit. I had no physique shots to post. So I thought I might as well just post my training. Yep. Nobody's willing to look back at that. They're just in the now. How did you do this? How did you do that? But just go scroll back on my Instagram. You'll find out easy as that. That isn't mm-hmm. all you need to do. Stop being in the now. Love that, yeah. And look back and see what you see, see what I did then. And I don't get me wrong, I've never been the strongest individual. Some of my lifts are probably <laughs> a lot of people form upsets. But for me, in the terms of the improvements that I made from my previous weights, yeah. you know, some things I'll do in 50, 60 kilos more than what I was doing before. And for me, that's is it is all individual. Sure. That's how I've made the progress that I've had. So look back yeah. and look back at the Instagram, you know. Yeah. That's all I've said. Yeah, yeah that, that's a re- really good point as well. And if we can take anything from that. It's it's that when we commit to that phase and trying to actually improve the physique is done in that phase itself, rather than, like you said, in the now and, and trying to find out what your magic pill is or what meals you're eating right now to improve your physique. And um, it's all yeah. it's all done that phase itself. But listen, thank you so much for, for coming on. Really, really good nuggets of information. Just great to hear the whole story and how the couple of the last years i've been following your your journey youtube if you guys don't follow george youtube he's hilarious you always keep me entertained during <laughs> meals and stuff like that so um give it give a little bit of a, a plug for yourself and, and let, let people know where they can find you and youtube instagram all that kind of stuff and coaching 
So YouTube is George Osborne. Um, I'm not the Chancellor, George Osborne, because we have uh, very, well, we have the exact same names. I'm not some guy that uh, runs politicians and stuff like that. Um, uh, I've got a beard in that. <laughs> uh, so George Osborne on YouTube, George Osborne 12 on uh, on Instagram. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. My, you, TikTok here and there, I must admit, I've, I'm sure you've dived into it a little bit. It's very hard to know with that, but True. my main ones are my Instagram and, and my YouTube for sure, both George Osborne and George Osborne 12 on Instagram. So no, I, I just lastly for myself, I just really appreciate you uh, inviting me on to your podcast and uh, allowing me to sort of express myself because don't get me wrong, like my, with my YouTube, I I try and entertain a little bit more. I try and keep people because, you know, especially with like TikTok and things like now, you watch TikTok for one second, you're going to decide whether you're going to watch it or not. Right. So, yeah. you know, with my YouTube, there's an element of entertainment, you know, try and keep people engaged. But there also is a, another side to me that I like to showcase on my podcast like this, which gives me the opportunity yeah. to talk about more things that are serious, that I have a, a, a massive passion for as well. Don't get me wrong, I love being a comedian, love being myself and bringing out my personality, but I do like to have these serious conversations and provide value and education and give people yeah. something to learn as well. So I massively <laughs> appreciate you uh, allowing me to come on your podcast and do that. So thank you. Yeah, no, re really appreciate you coming on. It's been great to see that side of you as well and talking about things in that serious manner. But but from an entertainment standpoint, like I said, definitely go and give, give them a follow. You'll always have a laugh watching the videos. Oh, um, we'll, we'll never lose that. We'll never lose that. There will always yeah. be some entertainment on there, me being myself. And I'll look back in probably five years' time. I think, oh, do that. But it's part of it. It's part of it. Part of the it. process. <laughs> Got to commit to the commit to the phase. Um, <laughs> Literally, there we go. Yeah. But listen, thank you so much, George. Really appreciate you. And uh, hopefully we can get you on at another stage soon. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.